operators. Parked up in the garage. Wow. This has been coming for a long time. These two do not like each other. There are two parts of the story as always. Red flag, this is a suspended uh, race. This is the Parked Up Podcast. We're powered by Race Fuels. My name's Grant Rowley. And today I'm joined by young gun Jet Johnson. He races uh, the Napa Auto Parts Trans Am Ford Mustang. He also got the chance to drive a Ford Mustang of a different kind, a Supercars Championship variety Mustang. Jet, it's been a big week for you. Yeah, it has. It's been, um, you know, it's quite a tiring four days from you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday racing Sydney Motorsport Park, and then Monday and actually Tuesday, which was sort of pretty last minute, getting the opportunity to drive the supercars. So, you know, it was really, really exciting starts my week there. But, <laughs> you know, I think the. Everything's um, downhill from here, surely. Yeah, exactly. It was a bit of a reality check having to go back and actually work today. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think it was made, you know, Monday was made even cooler by, you know, having dad and granddad with me on track for my first ever drive in a supercar. All three of us were rolling around together. We didn't really get the chance to give it some because it started raining, but oh, yeah, it was, you know, out on slicks, out QR half the tracks meant for roll rate or half the track they use for roll racing. So they tip heaps of stuff down. So it had zero grit. Yeah. But yeah, I think looking around, seeing both dad and granddad next to me was pretty unreal. I could imagine. Um, everything for a reason, they they say. That's how the saying goes. So maybe, maybe the gods were raining, raining down. So granddad didn't go faster than you two bikes. <laughs> Yeah, I think it was um, it was probably a bit lucky it rained actually because all three of us were pretty eager to give it a good go. So um, yeah, I think it was probably for the better that it started raining. To be honest, <laughs> no, very good. It looked good. Look, I wear glasses and uh, I had to rub my <laughs> eyes uh, because you were seeing triple out there. Looked um, <laughs> looked amazing. Looked amazing. And look, we thank you so much for joining us as a co-host on uh, Parked Up. We've got a uh, a very special guest coming up that we're both going to ask the very very hard questions you call him granddad i call him dickie j of course it's the great man dick johnson three times bathurst winner five time australian touring car champion and we're going to see what he thought of that fantastic event that you guys held so yeah heaps to go through from queensland raceway it's such a shame that the weather came and I'm just going to stop believing all you uh, Queenslanders telling us that uh, your weather is always perfect because it uh, it kind of spoiled what could have been even better than it was. Yeah, I think it was still quite, you know, I don't think it could have gotten much better, to be honest. <laughs> that day, you know, weather regardless, well, I haven't seen three generations out on track before, so it was, you know, it was good for all three of us to get out. And a lot of it was also for the publicity of it too, you know, making a big deal out of all three generations on track but you know i think for me um you know it's not going to be something that i'm going to forget anytime soon no way no way now um so so besides that and we'll talk more with your grandfather shortly but uh, you had some other racing in the napa auto parts ford mustang in the turtle wax trans am series every sponsor's getting a plug here don't you worry um <laughs> You, uh, you've been chipping away now at Trans Am for a couple of years. This is your second year driving those types of race cars. Of course, you're doing the, the Trans Am series as well as the TA2 muscle car series. You're getting plenty of laps in these things. 
Yeah, well, I mean, that's, you know, ultimately anyone that you go and ask that's done any sort of semi-professional level of racing or even grassroots, you know, any laps, any laps are good laps. So, you know, that's why we, that's why we decided to, you know, do the Turtle Wax Trans Am Series. We, um, you know, we didn't think we had a shot at winning it. It's such a competitive class, such a competitive category, but, you know, all we're doing is for the experience, you know, for example, Bathurst, it was just an unreal experience going there. Got some laps around a track that hopefully I'm going to be doing thousands of laps around. So, you know, we're doing the Turtle Wax Series for a bit of extra seat time and we're doing TA2 and hopefully going to try and take out the championship, which is going to be pretty full on season. But, you know, hopefully I can keep it on track and, you know, maybe get the, uh, maybe get the championship win. Very good. That is, uh, that's a good aim. For the listeners who might not know, the Trans Am cars are really cool. Ford Mustang, Chevy Camaros, Dodge Challenger bodied cars. In the Turtle Wax version, there's a lot of Ford Mustangs, that's for sure. Yeah. They're, uh, they seem to be the uh, pick of the flavor, even and even more so at the front of the field there. But, uh, you know, these cars are effectively a grassroots style race car, like um, quite cheap common engine uh basically everything is common other than the body shell so you can represent if you're blue or red or um dodge red or you know whatever color you're uh whatever color you you support whatever brand you support you can you can race those cars at a pretty cost effective level the the cost is obviously one thing which is great for for you guys for for younger younger type drivers to get your get your head around but then there's those two levels that you can compete at at the uh, the ta2 level which uh which is state level with a lot of gentleman drivers and trans am at the national level on the stand sports that we uh, that we get to watch which is part of the shannon's motorsport australia championships it's got some really serious races in there so uh just can you just talk about what these cars are like and and what the real key differences are between those two competitions? Oh, look, I think, you know, we'll start with the cars themselves there. You know, they're as easy or as hard to drive as you make them. You know, you can set the car up or you can drive it, you know, right on the very limit of what it can do. Or you can, you know, drive the car around nice and easy, set the car up so that it's real nice and go out there and enjoy yourself. So it's sort of a real the car responds the way you want it to respond, which I think is the first great thing about it. They're a real forgiving car to drive They're, You know, they don't have way too much power for what they are, but then they're not, you know, they don't have no power at all there. I think they're a really good mix of you know, a real good balanced mix of everything, to be honest. And then going into the categories themselves, you know, TA2, I think it's a little bit more of a, I guess you'd say quiet category, you know, there's less live streams that have gone on with the category. They're a bit less mainstream. Everything's a lot more open between teams. You know, you can walk into any garage and just have a regular chat with anyone that's in there. Whereas I think Trans Am, you know, it's a lot more of a serious category. Everyone's a lot more serious about everything, which if you're looking to step up into higher level categories is another great, I guess, gateway category to that. Yeah, cool. You were talking about engine power. 
but you had stepped out of a Hyundai Excel <laughs> and into a Trans Am car. I'd imagine that was a bit of a wake up call when you when you did that. Oh, I don't think you know any. Oh, how old was I? Any 15, 16 year old getting into a car had a bigger smile on their face than what I did doing those first laps in the uh, motorsport sales car. You know, it was you know, going out there for those first couple laps. I think I was just amazed at this car and never thought that, you know, I guess it was a bit daunting. You could almost say, I was like, oh, this is going to be really hard to drive fast. But, you know, surprising, I was able to pick it up fairly quickly. And, you know, it was, I guess it wasn't too steep of a learning curve, to be honest. Like not, it wasn't as bad as you think it would be, but, you know, the driving style had to completely change, which I think was for the better because there's more cars out there that you drive like a Trans Am than you are, you know, a 90-something horsepower Hyundai XL. So, <laughs> yeah, I think it was a really, really good learning opportunity at a fairly young age for me. Well, very cool. Not many uh, 17-year-olds get to do it, but uh, you have a, a really cool opportunity, but also a heap of pressure as well. You've been, uh, you've been born and blessed with uh, the great Johnson surname. The lineage, lineage is, uh, is phenomenal. Your granddad did amazing things. So good that uh, some bloke who wears glasses even wrote a children's book about him. That, guy, <laughs> that guy's a legend. Um, but... And then you, your dad, supercars race winner as well. He certainly made his own mark in the sport. How much pressure does that does that bring to you? Do you feel that sort of weight on your shoulder or are you just getting on with your own business? I guess it's, I oh know it's half and half. I mean, I just get on and do my own thing. But, you know, I think at the same time, in the back of your mind, you've always got that bit of pressure on you as well, which, you know, if you just say that you've got flat out no pressure on you, then, you know, it's sort of, that's a little bit of a lie. There's always that bit, you know, always that bit of pressure on you. I think, you know, especially with the background of, you know, what both dad and granddad have done, but look, I'm, I'm enjoying everything at the moment, especially, you know, as a 17 year old getting to go out with my dad and my granddad in three V8 supercars. I don't think many people wouldn't enjoy to do that. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think, I can't think of many other 17-year-olds doing anything better than what I'm doing at the moment. <laughs> well, the beauty is you don't need to worry about any of those guys. You just uh, you just focus on yourself and and get on with it. Yeah, cool. Uh, so Sydney Motorsport Park just over the weekend, uh, you took home a trophy for the Hoosier uh, rookie, but um, she was a bit of a uh, bit of a crash and bash fest out there not just for yourself you had a a couple of little things you had a wild spin at turn one and anyone who knows sydney motorsport park knows that turn one's pretty damn fast and you had a uh you had tim shaw blow up his engine right in front of you and you kind of had nowhere to go except do uh 200 plus kilometer hour um uh circle work out in the uh out in the boonies out there but um yeah it was a pretty wild round Oh, it was. It was, um, yeah, that first race, lap two, was when, uh, yeah, Tim Shaw decided to do the full Days of Thunder and have his motor go with flames everywhere. And, yeah, that was pretty full on itself. But then, you know, leaving the track at, you know, near 200 kilometres an hour backwards was a bit of a, you know, I guess it was a bit of a wake-up call for me. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was not many people have, you know, not many people have gotten off 
lightly there when something like that has happened. So I think I was pretty, pretty lucky when that, yeah, when all that went down. But yeah, overall the weekend was just oh, it's not much, not many words to describe. It was just carnage the entire weekend. There was always, always someone backwards or you know someone getting into the side of someone else or yeah, there was just stuff going on everywhere. But yeah, I think over the weekend to finish all three races, despite, you know, the few small incidents that happened, you know, I was, I was real happy the weekend, but you know, the important thing is I learned so much over the weekend about my own driving. And I think more the mental side of racing, which is something that I haven't heard too many people talk about much, but you know, it's sort of, yeah, it's probably the biggest, biggest side to motorsport, which I, um, you know, I'm starting to work on myself. It's, you know, one thing is it'll gain or lose you a race. So, mm. yeah, a lot to take away from Sydney and, you know, a lot I'm going to be focusing on at Winton. Oh, very good. And uh, that's coming up not too far away. Let me tell you, Melbourne is just going through an absolute cold snap at the moment. So if it's cold down here, I guarantee it's going to be even a few less degrees uh, up near Benalla. Um, that um, uh, the mental side is interesting. What uh, and, and you know, not many uh, young guys talk about it. Honestly, not many people talk about it at all. Uh, it's certainly quite common at uh, at very elite sports. But you know, great that you're uh, open to you know learning different ways to improve across the board. And you know, there's no bigger uh, there's no bigger mechanical bolt to twist than uh, that little brain of, of ours. And if you got that thing right, then everything else can flow from there. So what are some of those uh, mental sides of the game that you're looking at or looking to improve? Oh, look, I think the main thing that I'm needing to work towards, which I've, you know, which have sort of, I guess, shown themselves a little bit more the last couple of rounds, especially at tail and bend race one, where I was off pole position, went a bit too deep under brakes on the dirty side and you know fired the car off which wasn't great in itself but you know once that happens you sort of try and start pushing harder and harder to make the time back up again but you know once you lose that time once you make that mistake and lose that time you're not going to gain it back so I think you know the biggest thing for me is if I do make some sort of mistake is not trying to push harder and harder because then all that's going to ultimately do is lose you more time so you've sort of got to I guess consciously think you know don't try and push the car more. Don't wear your tire out more. Just take a breath, just reset and just focus on all your points that you're using in qualifying and just bring everything back a little bit. Cool. And uh, is this something that you're working on yourself? Do you have someone who's helping you in that area? You've certainly got some pretty good heads to lean on uh, just in the in, just in the family. Yeah, my two, honestly, my two biggest... I guess people that have helped me with this lately, um, especially going into the supercar test as well with just not being as nervous and trying not to overthink everything is, you know, obviously been dad. He's been, you know, he's been through everything that I'm going through at the moment. He knows, you know, exactly what mistakes that he made and he's, you know, trying not to have me make the same mistakes, but another person that's been huge in helping me with, I guess everything has actually been Will Davison. He's, you know, whenever I'm at DJR, he's always keen for a chat. He always tells me, you know, just give him a call whenever, you know, send him a text whenever he's glad to talk anything through. So you know, they've sort of been the two biggest people so far, along with grandpa. 
but the two biggest people so far that have been, you know, trying to help me take that next step. And Will has certainly uh, been there and done that Mm. in all forms of sport and and still at the, uh, I don't want to say he's at the end of his career. He's actually younger than me. So there's no way I can say he's old, but you know, for some of the guys that he's racing against, he is still punching really, really well. And, you know, no reason why he can't keep doing that for another couple of years. What was the, uh, what, what are some of the big takeouts that you've got off Will, current supercars driver, racing at the very top level? You know, it's a surprise when he's not on or near the podium. Uh, what, what sort of advice and, and things do you sort of gain out of him? Yeah, I think the, um, you know, it's been a bit of a mix, to be honest, of, you know, half of it's been about, you know, in the car technique with everything, getting on the brakes, getting into the corner, getting out of the corner, you know, everything there, thereabouts and in between. He's been an absolutely just an unreal help with. But, you know, also, like I was mentioning before, just the mental side of racing, you know, he's, you know, been everywhere. He's been to sports psychologists as well about everything. So he's able to pass quite, good techniques and information down to me to then use in the car and you know there's obviously all your other I guess I'm not going to say smaller things because they're not they're all yeah they're all just huge parts of racing but everything like car positioning and all your actual race craft as well he's been helping me out with too so you know he's trying to he's trying to help me out with everything that he can which has just been phenomenal mm. Yeah, cool. Well, that's good because he's gone and paid for all those sports psychologists and now you don't have to pay for it and you just uh, lean off what he's learned. Yeah, exactly. It's um, <laughs> Save a couple of bucks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, buddy, it's a bit tight already with the apprentice wage, so <laughs> got to try and save money wherever I can. Right. So, so tell us about that. So you're 17 and you are doing your apprenticeship. Now you're working at Team Johnson. Is that where you're doing your apprenticeship? Yep. So I'm working with dad mainly, well, it's actually mainly on the TA2s that we're working on, but we also have the race shop in Coomera where we do, you know, a lot of customer car stuff and, you know, a bit of custom road car builds, but yeah, a lot of things we've been doing lately have been just prepping things like XLs and MX-5s, just, you know, club level cars like that. We've, been doing lately but you know we've also had a few super two and super three cars come in that we've also been able to set up which is yeah the best thing for us i think is the experience we have you know with ben Leeds, our guy that's working at the workshop he's you know ex triple eight mechanic he's been well he's been to quite a few different teams um so he's you know got that knowledge the mechanical side of the car he's got that much knowledge from working those sides of the fence. And then you've also got guys like Paul Forgy as well, which is our engineer, who's also got, you know, stuff that he'd be able to help out with setup wise on TA2s and, you know, a few other customer cars. So I think, you know, between everyone at the workshop that we've got and everyone else that we can get to help us, it's, you know, we're able to do a lot more than what we thought we would be able to do. Yeah, cool. You've, uh, well, you've certainly got some very, very good teachers in there and good mentors as well. What is a what's a normal day look like for yourself? Are you um, you're not that quintessential? I can't imagine you being that quintessential 
uh, apprentice who just is sweeping floors and doing coffee runs, you'd be pretty hands-on. Mate, you've just described my job pretty much. I'm the, uh, <laughs> mate, wherever you go, wherever there's a coffee machine, I'm straight on it, straight making coffees and uh, sweeping floors. But, you know, Ben at the workshop, Ben's really good. He's He tries to get me doing as much as, you know, as much as he can get me to do. And, you know, I think whenever there's stuff that I can't do, he gets me right next to him you know, walks me through whatever he's doing, whether that be, you know, at the at PBR, which are the people that do all the TA2 stuff that distribute all the parts for and yep. run TA2, going there and, you know, him and Cam from TA2 walking both of us through the building of the gearbox, just learning, oh, I guess, all the mechanical side there and then all the basic prep, and maintenance work that you do on the cars as well. So, you know, he gets me doing as much cool stuff for an apprentice that he can, but you know, that doesn't, um, that doesn't stop me from going, having to sweep floors, make coffees, you know, <laughs> scrape all the tires to measure them. And <laughs> doesn't stop me from having to do all the real boring stuff. Oh, well, mate, someone, someone has to do it. Someone yep. has to do it. I think I was at, uh, at Sydney over the weekend. I saw, a pretty high profile Trans Am driver doing exactly that with the tires and doing it himself. And I was thinking, oh, don't you really have someone else to to do that? Because that looks like, you know, the no just no disrespect to anyone who does have to uh, clean tires. But I thought, oh, like surely that's someone else's job. But I guess that that really is the essence of the Trans Am class. Uh, it can be a family type thing, like you've uh, like you guys have got. It can be. Uh, customer programs like some of the other teams that are out there um, but it is a real uh, family vibe even at the elite turtle wax trans am level it's still you know quite uh, family friendly even though there's a fair bit of friendly fire going out there on the track yeah look i think um you know most teams that are running have all been you know family-based teams or you know, just mates that have a car that are going out and racing. Um, I think the biggest example of it was us at Bathurst where we had, you know, we had our mechanic and his partner and then we had grandma and grandpa, we had mum, we had Lacey, we had, you know, the whole crew was there at Bathurst and, yeah, everyone, everyone over the weekend chipped in, in, you know, one way or another to make, you know, the weekend just that bit easier. But, yeah, I think going out and spending time with your family or, you know, when we have a, our home round at Queensland Raceway, you know, the whole family comes out to watch it and they all spend time around the pits. So it's a real, you know, real great, I guess you could say almost a family sort of sport for us, which is, um, you know, it's one thing in the moment where once we start taking that next step into higher level categories, it's going to be less of a sort of just family and sort of friends running a car. And it's going to be a lot more of, you're going to need, you know, a decent team and, you know, quite a few people behind you there helping you out. So, you know, it's being, you know, the Trans Am class being a lot of fun. You know, it's also a really good family sort of level of sport as well, you can almost say. Yeah, very good. And a, a good platform for you to launch to the next step. So just before we get your granddad, Dick Johnson, on the line to talk about your first run in the uh, Ford Mustang Shell V-Power supercar uh, and your grandfather and your dad, there's so many Johnsons out there, 
uh, almost lost track. Um, they they didn't give you a sister. There was no chance of your sister getting a run out there. No, nah, well, um, far out. I wouldn't. I wouldn't trust her driving a go kart, to be honest. <laughs> oh, but, don't, um, don't be like that. But she's well. She's been pestering dad to build her an XL lately. But um, yeah, I don't. I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. They're going <laughs> to um. Our uncle's just bought a property where he's going to get a couple bush bashes. So there we go. I think dad'll dad'll get her a car for that, and you know that'll be her happy. But yeah. um. The, no, the no tree is safe in this production. No, I don't think anything within about a kilometer is going to be safe. <laughs> okay, so tell me about the next step in in your career. I know you're still pretty young in uh, in the Trans Am class, and still a little bit of a way to uh, climb your way up that ladder. What what's your plan? Would you like to stay there for another year? Is it a two year Turtle Wax Trans Am program? Would you like to move? Uh, faster up the chain than that what's what's your uh what's your long-term thoughts honestly it's um yeah i think it's a bit 50 50 to be honest it's sort of you know i'd like you know it's a real fun sport and at the moment i'm uh, i'm liking how you know how stress-free it all is at the rounds and you know just how oh, I guess just the level that the actual category is at it's you know halfway between grassroots and professional yep. so yeah I'm, I'm really enjoying that side of the category but you know I think the biggest thing for me would be to try and move up as soon as I can whether that be next year trying to get into a super two car and you know start to um I guess start to build a little bit of a profile there on actual laps in a supercar so you know I think the biggest thing you know or the best thing for me to do would be if there is the opportunity next year or sometime soon to hop into a super two car that'd be ultimately what i'd look at doing cool very good another johnson coming through the supercars ranks it is exactly what we uh it's it's what we want certainly what's what all the uh all the ford fans uh would be would be keen for so did uh, did you do some? You did some more laps on Tuesday at Queensland Raceway, or were you just restricted to that Monday stuff? No, well, I did ooh, about eight to sort of yeah eight to ten laps on Tuesday, where I did actual customer rides or I guess passenger rides on Tuesday. So yeah, yeah that was quite a cool thing. So it was all my first ever passenger rides with anyone I've done. I did a couple laps around Norwell with dad in the XL when I was first learning, but yeah, yeah I think my first proper passenger rides being in a V8 supercar is another thing that's quite, quite cool for me, but yeah, another, another good one as well was us being able to, or me being able to take a really good family friend of ours who just happened to be out at Queensland Raceway on the day, being able to take him out for a ride as well in a supercar, which, you know, he's someone that we've known, all our life and he's yeah he said he still remembers me you know running around when i was you know one two years old so yeah that was quite cool to be able to finally take him for a lap that's cool very cool very cool well it looked like a great day and one of the key guys behind it all the man who's responsible for all of this is dick johnson your grandfather uh legend of the sport and he joins us now on the Parked Up podcast. And of course, we're powered by Race Fuels. 
And it's great to have Dick Johnson back on the Parked Up podcast. We've got your grandson on the line as well. Dick, what a what an experience for your family at Queensland Raceway on Monday. Grant, that was a, an extremely special uh, thing that we did because um, uh, it's something that I don't think many people get the opportunity to do. And fr- from my point of view, it's it's right up there with the very best things I've ever done. Now, I said to Jet before that there was, um, we talked about the rain coming down and uh, the fact that that kind of spoiled the chance for granddad to uh, show the younger younger generation how it's actually done. Well, I don't know about that, but um, <laughs> I'm obviously the rainmaker because um, uh, at this point in time, when you get in a car, and I can assure you everything was 100% fine before that, as soon as I sat in the car, it started to spit rain. And the worst part about that is I couldn't find the switch to turn the wipers on. So, <laughs> Oh, very good. Hey, Jet, your co-host for Parked Up. This is your opportunity to uh, grill Grandad uh, about uh, about Monday, uh, you know, about whatever you like. <laughs> Far right. You've sort of put me on the spot a little bit there. <laughs> but, um, no, I think first, you know, biggest thing was you know what was it like you know looking around and seeing you know you've obviously been co-driving with dad before at you know quite a number of places but you know being able to finally do some laps with me what was it like sort of looking around and being able to see both me and dad you know rolling around doing laps with you well to be quite honest mate that was um something i thought would never ever happen and uh i'm just so disappointed in a lot of ways but age kills a lot of things certainly in this day and age where the you've got to be so goddamn young to drive a supercar these days it's crazy that uh, i never had the opportunity to do um bathurst with you like i did with uh, steve that that would have been that, that would have been cool but you will get to do it with jet one day standing on the sidelines uh, but uh, that that will uh, that'll still be the thing so um jet's first uh first crack in a in a supercar you know the iconic shell colors the the great team uh name and uh and all that heritage behind it he only got to do minimal amount of laps on on monday and uh, and tuesday as well as part of the ride day does the young bloke have what it takes well Look, it's not for me to say that, but at the end of the day, uh, he obviously has the same, exactly the same uh, tendencies as what I have, because every time he sat in the car, it started to goddamn rain. So <laughs> um, everyone else got got dry runs, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but uh, Jet went out there with the, the sprinkle of rain, and the places were pretty greasy. But at the end of the day, it was just a real honour to sort of see him finally sit in a race car that um, a real race car for uh, for the first time yeah very good very good it uh, certainly made for some uh, some very very cool photos uh, even though i thought i was uh, i thought my glasses were broken with uh, three of those things pouring down uh, the back straight at, at queensland raceway um just to, you know i know you didn't get to do uh, any laps at at a speed that you probably would have really liked to do but uh the modern supercar, what's it like? How is it different to uh, to what you might remember? Well, I think it'd be easy to say, how is it the same? And 
it's it's not the same in any way except for the badge on the front <laughs> but because at the end of the day um like and i'd really like to say thanks to all the guys who put an awful lot of time and effort into this and ryan for doing what he did to be able to sort of make this happen uh was a very special moment not only for me but certainly for jet because you know i got to see how emotionally got uh, just getting into the car, which was really, really special. And and I know that Steve felt exactly the same. Yeah, really cool. Very, very cool. Um, okay, so it was there was a bit of a charity element to it as well for Camp Quality, which is something that Ryan is uh, really, really passionate about. What's, so the, the plan is to have those race suits that you guys wore go on auction. Is that right? Yep, exactly right. And uh, they'll... They'll be signed and up for auction, uh, and all the proceeds will go to uh, Camp Quality, which is one of the one of the uh, uh, the charities that we've been, or Ryan has certainly instigated, and we've been supporting for some time. So, Jet, whose race suit gets auctioned for the highest amount? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> but um, look, I think auctioning, you know, just that aside, I think auctioning the suits off to begin with, it's you know all the proceeds are going to an unbelievably great cause, you know, something that's, um, you know, I think something that's going to be really, really beneficial in a way. It is. They're a great cause. And, mm. and, you know, when, when you see and sort of, you know, have some interaction with these people and, and see how the parents actually react to the kids that have been treated with cancer and things like that is, is something that's um, you, you'll never forget because it's just, it's an amazing thing that parents, how far they will go to sort of, sort of look after their uh, their family, and and now team's all about family. Yeah, awesome, awesome, uh, a fantastic cause, and I have no doubt that uh, websites and our social medias and news channels will be able to tell you how you can get on and uh and and try and get one of those three race or four race suits i'd imagine ryan's will also be uh up there as well i'll uh you know, th there'll be plenty of information about how, how you'll be able to do it yeah, um absolutely. okay so so dj was that that the last time we see you inside a uh inside a supercar what's uh, uh have well, you uh, have you pulled the have you, have you officially retired from uh driving supercars now Grant, let me tell you something, mate. Um, you I don't become like I'm more flexible. You don't become more flexible as you get older. It's <laughs> quite the opposite. And these cars are becoming more and more difficult to get into because it's it's like trying to like to sit into a, a, a go through a little hole to get into a, something which is in the middle of the car is a real stretch for everything that I have, and um, I won't I won't sort of. Uh, I won't sort of ex explain exactly what I'm talking about, but it's not much fun. <laughs> hey, uh, don't worry. The uh, the uh, there's no problem with space inside these new Gen Three cars. I think it'll be uh, it'll all be perfectly fine now. Yeah, it depends who you are, I suppose. But um, don't get me wrong. Once you're in there, it was it was uh, really good fun. I enjoyed it immensely, and and you you don't ever lose the um, I suppose the desire to sort of try and get the most out of something but the weather here and for me to stick it in the sand trap would have been the biggest stuff up you've ever seen so it would have been something that uh, I would have regretted forever but it was the most enjoyable day I've had for 
forever. Uh, awesome. Uh, so, Jet, tell me, uh, I, because the uh, cars were all absolutely identical, what uh, what was the running order there? Was uh, was Granddad at the front, your dad second, and you third, or uh, tell us tell us how that? No, actually, uh, Granddad actually... was a it was a Johnson in front the whole time. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, well, Car Seventeen was in front. <laughs> right, uh, thank you. Yeah, Natsoft was very confused <laughs> by this situation. <laughs> they weren't the only ones, I can tell you. <laughs> um, yeah, cool. Hey, uh, Dick, thank you so much for uh, for coming on. A, a really, really cool thing. It doesn't matter if you're a Ford fan, a fan of. Uh, motorsport or or just a, a general sports fan or anyone with a heart that's still pumping blood through it you know you could see the the significance and the um, yeah, excitement that that was was had by by everyone there in particular uh you three guys and jilly of course well actually what was yep. uh, what did jilly say after it well she was she was really really happy that you know we got the opportunity to do something like this and it's not something that you would think other than a brainiac like Ryan that comes up with these sort of things that, because, you know, whatever he comes up with will really work. And it was the most pleasurable thing I've done for a long, long, long time. I can assure you. Excellent. Excellent. Do we see you up in Darwin? I'll be in Darwin, mate. And, uh, and I'll also be in Townsville. I like it. Very good. Jet, do we see you in Darwin or Townsville? Are you going to come up? Uh, you've got oh, real, you've got real work now. Yeah, You've got a job, mate. Yeah, well, if I can, if I can convince the boss to let me go, uh, go with Granddad up to Darwin or Townsville, I will. But at this point in time, no, not at the moment. Very good. All right, hey Dick, we'll uh, we'll leave you to it. We've got a bit of a show to uh, continue with, but uh, thank you very much again. Uh, thanks for all those uh, those fantastic images and and memories that we're going to have from that day at Queensland Raceway, and that'll be something that'll live on for for a long, long time. Well, it's something I wish I could do again, mate, but I don't see it happening. But thanks anyway. It was a pleasure. Thanks for coming on. And we thank DJ for his time on the Parked Up podcast. Of course, you're here with Grant and Jet in this episode and such an awesome initiative that we saw at Queensland Raceway. Three generations of Johnsons behind the wheel of Shell V-Power Ford Mustangs, something that we've never seen, certainly at the uh, elite level of motorsport like uh, supercars before. So, so that was awesome. Now, uh, if you like this podcast and I guarantee you're going to like another podcast that network uh, produce, it's the girls on the grid podcast. It comes out every Monday uh, and the girls have something, a little a little promo here for you. Hey there, race fans. We think Parked Up is great, but if you need a change of pace and tone, tune into the Girls on the Grid podcast with Priya Richards and Tanea McLeod. It's all motorsport, but spoken from a female point of view. Girls on the Grid, every Monday on all your favourite podcast platforms. Yep, that's Priya and Tanea every Monday. Girls on the Grid, they've, uh, they're doing a great job and definitely well worth a listen, but only after you listen to Parked Up and only after you listen to Parked Up Plus, of course, which also comes out on a Monday at 5 p.m. And that is with the great mayor, Mark Fogarty, award-winning journalist, breaking the big news. It's on exactly the same platform as this. It's Parked Up Plus every Monday at 5 p.m when more podcast too much podcasting is never enough um speaking of uh, podcast jet your dad runs his own 
a podcast slash radio show. Uh, it's called The Driver's Seat. You would have been dragged onto that a hundred times, surely. Yeah, I've been dragged. I've been dragged on there a couple of times. Um, I've probably actually been dragged into their studio because they you know, record from a studio in, oh, I'm not, I can't remember where it is, but you know, they, I've been dragged into that studio with them more times than I've actually been on the show. But <laughs> no, I think it was you know, pretty cool the first time doing any sort of podcast interview properly was you know with dad and manny McKeldon giving me stick you know the entire time about it but right yeah it's um so are you saying i should be giving you more stick just to make you feel a little comfortable in your podcast with your podcast history oh man i'm not going to tell you not to <laughs> <laughs> hey look this is this is parked up and uh giving giving stick giving grief is definitely allowed it is no problem <laughs> at all uh, okay, mate. Let's. Uh, th- there's a couple of things that I'd uh, love to love to talk about. Before we'll, we'll talk a little bit about supercars, but before we get there, you you would have seen some really really cool things over the time. You know, you grew up in a, a family that this motorsport is their world, and I'm sure your first memories could be circled back probably somewhere to race cars or or things going round and round and round so can you tell us what that first memory was what's your first memory of realizing that oh i'm part of this family and um this is a fair chance that this is going to be part of my life you know i think um you know it's funny it's from growing up always being in something or you know always driving something it's you know it's Bit of a weird feeling it's just a sort of normal for me it just sort of feels normal but um yeah i think the first you know last thing i can remember of when i was starting racing or starting to drive anything was actually out at uh mcdoan's house out at you know out well, along the cooma river somewhere there out you know on his track that he's got there because he's got quite a good go-kart track in his backyard so doing my first ever laps in a, you know, an old go-kart chassis that actually had a whippersnipper motor <laughs> on it and going around and asking, I remember asking dad about four separate times before I went out and track, which one was the one to make it go. <laughs> but, um, you know, from there doing the first few laps around there, we'd go back every once in a while and do a couple more laps. And then, um, you know, eventually one day got to go out in a proper intrepid cart which was my first ever go-kart out at the Lismore Kart Club and, you know, do some slow laps around there. And, you know, from then on, you know, there's, you know, quite a few big moments from there. I remember, I remember, you know, my first time driving in the wet, which was actually in that same go-kart at Lismore. And um, I remember it was pouring down with rain and dad you know rolled the cart over the grid dropped it down and it was still on slicks when he sent me out and you know he told me just to go out there and have some fun and you know learn how to drive in the wet and i remember it was the most painful thing i've ever done because you know every two corners they end up backwards somewhere but <laughs> i actually think on youtube there's some video of it somewhere i actually still remember that i don't know if you should be telling people about this because they're, they're gonna dig it up <laughs> Well, I actually saw it not long ago, but um, it was actually it's actually a pretty cool video to watch. You know, it's the first time out there, and you know, there's a couple of the guys. Tony Grant, one of them, um, he actually comes away to all the races with us now. You know, all the Trans Am racers, as many as he can, 
you know, it helps us out a lot. You know, he's a lifelong mate of ours, you know, since go-karts and, you know, it's still really cool to have him from back when, you know, I was rolling around in, you know, a go-kart to now racing a Trans Am car and him still being there with us. So it's pretty, that's pretty cool as well. Very cool. Very cool. Um, and I mean, I remember as a, as a young kid going to Oran Park, my local track as a young kid and, um, yeah, I, I'm uh, more than more than double your age, so I got to watch. Uh, I, I got to watch with very with a lot of fondness the uh, Chelsea airs buzzing around Oran Park and watching your uh, granddad absolutely uh, dominate. And that, they're just uh, some of the some of the best memories that you have. What about memories that you have at the track? You know, your dad would have been racing, and I'm sure you remember. Uh, some of those days when when he was in his uh, you know at the at the peak of his powers driving for the the family team yeah the i guess and look at the family team's been through some some wild highs and some wild lows but uh what's some of the things that you remember from being at the track while your dad was racing yeah i remember um i can actually remember you know there's a couple small memories i have from you know ages back like yeah, I think it was I actually think it was the first rock car that um I still remember dad propping me up on the bonnet on the car and you know we ended up getting a photo which is floating around somewhere. But you know, there's memories like that from so long ago that you know just real random memories that I remember. And then you know, other ones where going to some of the races when dad was the racing for Erebus yeah. for that year and you know, going around there and I guess cruising around being a bit of a bit of a pain the entire weekend, but <laughs> you know, I can, you know, there's almost too many memories there to speak of, you know, of us at race meets and, you know, just, you know, memories I'm hopefully never going to forget. That's right. Hey, many more, many more to be made. Um, okay, cool. So the 2022 supercars championship heads to Darwin very soon. Uh, which is great, especially for Mexicans like myself, because I'm going to leave the jeans and the tracky dacks behind and only take shorts. It's my uh, one chance of the year to grab a little bit of a tan for my uh, pale white skin. A-, a pivotal point of the championship as well. Shane Van Gisbergen in the Red Bull Ampole team have really got a stranglehold on this. Uh, they at the last round at Winton, he finished second twice. He won one, finished second twice, and that was a disappointing race weekend for him. Uh, Cam Waters, of course, took those uh, other two wins, which was which was really cool to see. But so so Shane's just got such a strong hold on the title at the moment. Not um, insurmountable. Anton De Pasquale driving for uh, for your family team. Uh, running second, Cam Waters is third. Will Davison is fourth. Can can anyone catch Shane? Can you see someone being able to do it? Oh look, I'm you know I'm really hoping that um, you know Anton and Will can both you know reel in the uh, reel in Triple Eight in the championship. But um, you know I think the the thing about Shane is that he's you know, anything that he's gotten into, he's always been you know he's always been way up there, especially, you know, things like his, you know, when he was drifting or whenever he goes out drifting, he's always, you know, 
I guess he's always in something different. He's, you know, his rally championship that he's doing as well, going out and, you know, going and getting into whatever he can, whether that be just something completely different from what he's done before. So I think the biggest thing about Shane is the diversity he has behind him. So he's able to, you know, to adapt to different cars and different feels. So I think, you know, it's, um, you know, he's quite a quite a diverse driver, so it's going to be really hard for really hard for the guys to reel him in. But you know, I'm really really hoping that uh, Anton and Will can hopefully close that gap sometime soon. Uh, yeah, they are going to have to start uh, start getting a wriggle on because uh, uh, it's it's look still a long way to go. Many many rounds, many many races, and it only takes a couple of little bits of. Uh, bad luck or misfortune or whatever to um, to to put a close to that, but he's just uh, he's just at the peak of his powers. Hey, and a, and a very small sneaky chance that you might get to race against him in Trans Am too. This is against Shane, of course. Yeah, look, um, yeah, that's one thing I think would be quite cool if um, you know if he if or I guess when he does come into Trans Am could say um you know if he is willing to i guess you know help some of us out a little bit more once he's been in the car so you know i think that would really benefit you know a few people like myself that are still trying to still trying to make their way forward in terms of trying to make a career out of racing if you know someone like Shane with the amount of experience that he has himself uh, being able to help some of us guys out. So, you know, I think that side of it would be quite cool. But, you know, just seeing what he's capable of doing in the cars, which no doubt he'll get in the cars and leave everyone behind. I, um, you know, I almost expect that a little bit. But, yeah, look, I think it's quite good for the category as well, having a professional level driver come into the category. But, I honestly think there's another reason behind why he's getting into the Transams due to all the Gen 3 stuff coming up. You know, I think he's he's almost getting in the Transams to try and get a half a feel around some of the tracks of what the Gen 3 would be like because it's, you know, it's a lot closer to a TA2 car now than what a current spec supercar is. So I think there's a... Um, yeah, I guess a little method, bit of that method, method behind his madness. Yeah, exactly. So you know, I don't think, you know, he may be jumping in just for a bit of fun or, you know, there may be another reason behind why he's getting into one, but you know, who knows, to be honest, I think he just likes to drive anything and everything. If it's got yeah. four wheels, three wheels, even two wheels, I think he's just keen to jump on and get into it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, um, I mean, if you can be getting in anything you can, that's always going to benefit you. There's no no harm in doing extra laps around somewhere. So, you know, that could be another reason behind why he's getting in it. Just trying to broaden his broaden his skills a bit to a uh, a different type of car and being able to adapt to a new type of car. But you know, I think it's they're quite you know, quite a uh, quite a good car to drive everyone raves about him. So I almost don't blame him for wanting to get in the car and have a go. Cool. Well, mate, we look forward to uh, seeing more of you out uh, in the Trans Am. Of course, next time you're out, will be for TA2. It will be at Winton. Uh, we're in a couple of months until the next 
Turtle Wax Trans Am, but that's up on home deck. That's uh, at Queensland Raceway. You definitely know your way around that joint. So uh, looking forward to seeing you and the Napa Auto Parts Ford Mustang out on track and giving it to the uh, to the best of them. The Nathan Hearns, the Owen Kellys, the Timmy Brooks, Benny Grice. There's a, uh, a heap of good punters out there. So uh, looking forward to seeing you bang, bang some more doors and, and get into them. Jet, we thank you so much for joining uh, joining us as a co-host on Parked Up. Was it as amazing as what I'd made it out to be prior to this? Oh, absolutely, it was. You know, it was a um, yeah, it was great you having me tonight, and it was um, good for me to pretend to be Dalberto for a night. So, <laughs> no, uh, you're was, much um, tall. You're much taller than him. Yeah, well, that's the one thing I noticed yesterday when I saw him. It was the uh, the height difference there was um, yeah. Last time I saw him, we were pretty much uh, you know, pretty much same height. But um, yep, that yeah, was when, was, that was when you were six, right? Yeah, I think it was yeah around that time. <laughs> Just out of nappies. Yeah. All right, I wouldn't um be a bit of a squeeze trying to do a co-drive with him at uh, somewhere like Bathurst, for example. Oh, be... look, he, dro- <laughs> he drove with Fabian for ages and ages. He did, I think yes. they did five or six years together in uh, in the number 12 there. So Fabian's not short either. No, he's... no, he's a giant. He he's is. a beast. He's a beast. Uh, they can make that massive work. insert. If they can make that work, finish on the Bathurst podium, then I reckon you, uh, you and... Um, and Tony D could uh, could do it one time. I have no doubt he would uh, he would love to do something like that. Cool, mate. Okay, well, thank you very much for filling in. That was an excellent Tony Delberto impersonation. <laughs> Maybe even better. We uh, we yeah, again look forward to seeing you back out on the track. We thank you for being on Parked Up. Of course, you can listen to Girls on the Grid every Monday. You can listen to Parked Up Plus every Monday, five PM. But that's only after you listen to Parked Up. You'll hear from us next week. You've just listened to another Network R production. 